Welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. I hope the Giro has you keen to ride, despite the winter weather starting to take hold. Fortunately, the fun never stops on Zwift. It's super time efficient, safe and convenient. And it's just as social as your rides throughout the summer. The banter on the group rides, meetups and even in some of the races is a great way to connect with people from all over the globe. There's also loads of challenges to set yourself on the great courses, including riding up Alpe de Zwift, sprinting down the Champs-Élysées, even riding inside a volcano, or exploring the Japan-inspired Makuri Island. Zwift is the app that makes indoor training fun. Visit Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial or just to find out more. Ride on, and here's Christoph and Macca. Bonjour, buongiorno. Welcome to the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sports or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm pretty good, mate. I am refreshed. Are you refreshed? I ready to go? Absolutely refreshed. Did uh, you dry clean the pink jacket, though? Uh, maybe that's a no <laughs> you, you hesitated that is a no it, ladies and gentlemen it walked itself into the um, yeah, studio got, this afternoon amazing it's got a life of its own <laughs> it has but it, look it arrived on time so exactly <laughs> and joining us uh, today is Bridie Odenall how are you Bridie I'm very well I'm coming to you live from the road not in Italy but kind of yeah, and then we must say you are not driving. You're parked somewhere. Uh, let's 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 be. You know, let's you know, make sure that people understand. Definitely parked. Sort of stuff. It is very cloak and dagger. I'm just performing a reconnaissance. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> thank you for joining us anyway, uh, and and thank you for all this time you're giving to the to this podcast. Now it was a rest day yesterday, so we have to pedal back a bit to what happened uh, the stage before. And what happened is that we concluded the second week with Jai Hindley in a very 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 good position. He's in a great position, Bridie. I'm. I must say I'm. Pretty excited. I was excited two years ago, and we know the outcome there. He finished second overall. But I feel like Jai is, well, he's two years older, he's two years more mature, and he's got two years of more experience under his belt. I feel like he's in a bigger chance than what he was um, two years ago. I agree. And that, that kind of confidence and calm maturity that comes with having had disappointment. You know, last year he didn't have the season that he wanted to have. Um, he's talked about that, how it was disruptive and difficult and didn't get the performances. And we've heard other commentators say what were his results. Um, now he's got this, well, he has had that team, Bora, that are just so capable. They've got full confidence in him. And even the interviews that we're showing, the one we showed on the Zwift rest day ride yesterday, he's there with his sunglasses on, looking very relaxed. The way he talks, oh yeah, Carapaz did this, Almeida did that. Like he is mixing it with these contenders and it's like he has matured really rapidly in the last two years. Now, you're looking in a great position. You're at second on GC uh, in, a, in a very comfortable position. What's your plans for this coming week? Because it's a monster week coming up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, typical like Giro fashion, third week is always like <laughs> ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to it actually. Normally in a Grand Tour, I like uh, feel the best, you know, in the third week. So. We'll see how it goes, and yeah, like the guys showed, we're we're really uh, 
not here to put socks on centipedes, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, really, like, I have, like, a lot of confidence in the team and I think vice versa. So, yeah, we'll look to to really make some time up in the third week somehow and, uh, yeah, should be good. Now, you've been on the podium, you've been in pink at the start of the last day, so I, I know in your heart just the podium's not going to be good enough. You, you on a victory here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why we race bikes. That's like why I pin a number on, you know what I mean? Not to, not to finish second, so, yeah, you know, dreaming of that pink jersey and, uh, yeah, still a long way to go, but uh, see what I can do. Good luck, Joe. Well done, mate. Cheers, mate. Cheers. That was uh, Jai Hinley. Um, how cool and collected. And what's this thing with socks on where? Brody, he laughed at his own <laughs> joke. I mean, it was pretty good. I reckon he'd, I reckon he'd um, practice that one, though. He's too young to be making dad jokes, but I think I think you're right. He's had time. He made the other joke about we're not here to put socks on centipedes, which is sort of like the PG version of the things that sometimes people say about, you know, their intent. Uh, so yeah. I agree. He's got a great sense of humour. Very dry. Yeah, I still, I still dry. don't get it, but probably lost in translation. Mate, we don't even get yeah. it. It's one of those Aussie... It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it takes a long time to put socks on centipedes. You're uh, not going to win. Yeah. If they've got 100 legs, <laughs> you're not going to win the Giro if you're oh. focusing on putting the socks on centipedes, you know? I get it. Something no, like I that. Get it. <laughs> so it's a joke straight to the pool room. It's yeah. so, straight to the pool room. Yep, yep. Uh, let it go to slips. Okay. <laughs> to the keeper. Okay, moving on. Uh, very quickly, and we'll talk about the stage tonight, but what are the chances for Jai, uh, Bridie, do you reckon, to make an indent in the early part of this week? Certainly, we've seen him perform so much better than Carapaz and others in the sprint finishes. You know, he is able to have a great turn of speed in the closing metres of a very difficult stage. I think the other thing we've got to consider is that today is the first sort of horrible mountain or alpine stage. And there are other riders who need to prove themselves. Riders who need to win a stage, like Nibali. Um, Guillaume Martin needs to make sure he's not on the snake and he's on the ladder, and which is a you know a reference we've made to the, the kind of up and down form that he has. Uh, and Almeida needs to try and consolidate his gap. There's a 23-second gap between Jai and Almeida. So there's a lot happening behind him. And similarly with Mikelanda and Pozzovivo, where um, in a way Jai could consider which of the days he's feeling freshest. So I don't know if tonight is the day, the night for him, um, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. I think we all are, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, we, we will get into the stage, but the, the, the Blockhouse day for me was not the Queen's stage. No, and actually... Now, some... now that I'm looking at these stages still to come, uh, deep I think in the third week... That's what, and actually, that's what Mark was saying, and it's a reference to uh, Belinda's hot mat, which mm. is actually on our wall. We should watch it. Yeah, <laughs> have a look at it. But uh, she called it stage at the Duchess stage because this is the Queen stage tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a big one. I yeah. won't say any more until no, we, because we, we, we the, go through it. But because yeah. yesterday was a race day, uh, a lot of things have happened. So we, I've always wondered what happens on a race day for riders, for the staff. So I thought. We send the work experience kid to do a bit of work. He hasn't done work enough for us. But, he's uh, been pretty good. He's done pretty good, to be honest. He's, he's uh, so he went and have a chat with a couple of people that are you know, very important on the rest day. And we start with the riders. What happens to a rider on the rest day? Here's Damien Hosen with our work experience kid. So, Damien Hosen, uh, the final rest day for a big week coming up. Um, 
You're just back from a little pedal. How far did you go? This is my pedal today. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've uh, chosen to stick to the ergo. Um, rest up the body. There's obviously certain areas that you need to kind of keep ticking along, get the get the heart rate up a little bit, get a bit of a sweat on and uh, ready for the racing coming up. So for me, I like to do as little as possible, but I still have to do something. Uh, whereas, yeah, a lot of the guys are out on the road doing uh, an hour and a half today. Um, and there's also uh, a few guys that are still in bed at the moment and are uh, having a day off completely. So yeah, it's pretty individual. But uh, for, to me, for me, yeah, I'll just uh, spin out the legs for 20, 30 minutes. And uh, yeah, that's about it really. Now we're just talking about what a monster day it was yesterday, considering you know the Torino stage was just so you know, full on. And then a big mountain day yesterday. And then you had to ride 24K down to the bus jump on a bus and you arrived back here after three and a half hours for dinner at about 10 o'clock. That's pretty tough. Yeah, I guess uh, the spectators only see the race and they don't see what happens behind the scenes. And uh, as you can see around here, it's a, a rest day for us riders, essentially. We get a, a day to do whatever we please, but the staff are still working really hard on the equipment and getting uh, everything ready for the up and coming stages. Um, so it's not a rest day for everyone. But yesterday, yeah, for example, the, the transfer and um, even riding back to the bus was 23k. So as much as the stage, I don't know how long the stage was. It might have been five hours, but turns out to be with neutral and, uh, and riding back to the bus almost a six-hour day. And, uh, yeah, as you said, three and a half hours in the bus afterwards. Get to dinner. Beautiful lot of pizzas arrived at 9.30 last night. And then... Uh, get a long night's sleep, a bit of a sleep in this morning, and then, yeah, crack on with today and rest as much as we can and enjoy ourselves. Well, enjoying is pretty much sleep. So that was the Damien Ossen. Maka, if we go back to this footage, I think you're eyeing that washing machine on a rest day. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and, and Bridie, <laughs> heads up. Um, you know, TDF coming up. We're on the ground this year. Uh, I have I have geo mapped all of the laundromats throughout France, um, so don't panic. <laughs> but that is the priority. It is a huge priority, and you're dead right. I am eyeing off that. I was trying to see the brand, what sort of wattage it was, yeah. um, spin cycle. It's for people that don't know. Don't joke about it. Uh, for people that don't know, uh, we have a tradition. We always do a laundromat rest day podcast. Uh, every year, and Maka <laughs> is the king of the laundromat. He gets everybody's laundry, and he's the king. He's got uh, all the coins. I did got... that once, and don't start, don't start, you know, giving Bridie ideas, and she's just going to dump her wash bag outside her room. Uh, I will, Maka. I will. It'll be in a bag with my name on it. Yep. No coins. He can, he can fund it. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, the unsung heroes, uh, Damien Howes and Bridie, he's totally one of those, and it's good to get an extended chat with him but he just takes it all in his stride and you know it's we don't see the work that necessarily that himself and some of the other guys do but it's good to hear from them it is and it's also i think really good for for fans and spectators to hear 
the athletes describe just how long a day is. You know that, and this is, happens in the women's professional peloton too. You might have to ride back to where the bus is. Uh, you might have to drive a couple of hours, three, four, five hours. And this is something Simon Gerrans has talked about when we've been in the comms booth that the Giro d'Italia has some of the longest transfers between stages. So you're eating late. You're in a new hotel. Some riders want to ride. Some don't. What if it's raining on the rest day and you don't want to do a, an hour on the rollers? Like all of these things. This is a hard full-time job for these people. And then you've got swannies and mechanics that are cleaning bottles, washing dozens of bikes. Um, it is an extraordinary caravan of people that are involved in supporting a team. And so for Yates to win two stages, fantastic. But what about Israel Premier Tech? They're doing all of this. They haven't won anything. They don't have anyone in the top 10. No one's in a jersey, you know. So that's a hard, it's hard yakka to, to do this for the three weeks. Uh, that is a really good point too. You know, we talk about, we focus a lot on bike exchange, Jake, and we yeah. are this Giro specifically, but they've still won two stages, and the tour hasn't. Yeah. The Giro hasn't been a success for them. Yeah, I, you know, in their minds, but Israel, as you say, Brady, nothing. Pretty much haven't done a thing. I, I, I actually, you know, uh, Brady, you mentioned it yesterday in the race. They ride. We mentioned uh, Israel, and it sort of came to mind going, oh yeah, they're in the race. Like I haven't that was seen sort of like them. that was like coffee yeah, seven years like, ago. I have not. And when you think of the budget of Israel, it's yeah, it's, it's a lot of money spent for gonna, no return. It's going to burn at some yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, let's carry on of what's been happening uh, during the race day. We talked about with uh, Damien pizzas. Are pizzas the best thing to eat when you're a rider? I think after that much racing, you can eat anything. I guess you're allowed to eat uh, anything. Uh, aren't you, Brady? Absolutely. You give the rider whatever they want on a rest day. I think it's, uh, you know, if they say they want rice with parmesan cheese and olive oil, good luck to them. But I'm sure a lot of them want, to, want something that they have been able to eat the last week and a half. Yeah, 100%. So that was pizza for the uh, for the, the team bike exchange. But uh, let's talk and we send again the work experience kid. We, we send him to talk about nutrition with uh, the nutritionist from the team. We now have Laura Martinelli, who is a nutritionist with the Bike Exchange, Jayco. Tell me about that role, please. Uh, yeah, well, um, here in the Bike Exchange Jayco team, uh, we are pretty lucky because the nutrition department uh, is made up of uh, five chefs. And uh, so um, my role is, uh, is much easier compared to, to other teams because uh, uh, essentially race by race, uh, I need to, to plan uh, and set the menu uh, for the riders. And then the chef on the spot uh, will uh, put my theory into practice, let's say that. So besides this uh, this role on uh, preparing the menus, I I order essentially the the ingredients for the menus themselves, and in case. Uh, uh, we don't have the chef uh, uh, at the race. I get in contact with the hotel to manage and and to plan uh, the menu of the riders. So that sounds very uh, in depth. So you have uh, are watching each rider's individual intake. Well, yes. Uh there are some, uh, I would say, general guidelines and some nutrition uh, protocols. Um, but uh, then the, uh, the individual follow-up uh, is defined, I would say, month by month uh, according to the individual rider uh, needs, I would say. So generally speaking, uh, we set uh, at the beginning of the, the season some 
baseline levels thanks to the protocols and to the guidelines and then uh, I work individually uh, with the rider according to their um, specific needs throughout the season. So that was uh, for the Team Bike Exchange. Uh, Bridie, you and I had a chat about the quality of French food. I'm sure in the team, if you have a nutritionist with an Italian accent like this, you're in pretty good hands, yeah? Non c'è problema. Um, I love the way she was talking. You can imagine she would call ahead to the hotel and say, Maca needs, you know, fettuccine and Christophe needs penne and they would have their special <laughs> needs met. So I think uh, that's exactly what you want in a, in a nutritionist. She sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah, five chefs. Yeah, five chefs. It's That's a lot. Pretty good, isn't it? That's so we, um, I didn't know. We're all learning things on this mm. uh, podcast. It's great. It's educational <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, actually, for you, uh, a question here from uh, from the Catch Peloton, Bridie. Uh, do you think uh, are there any mega uh, a lot of vegan riders? Because uh, it's becoming a trend. We know some of the riders are in other sports. We know the whole Djokovic effect on the on the vegan and and food. But what about the riders? Well, I hope Djokovic isn't having an impact on athletes all over the world for a lot of other reasons but I think um, I, that's a great question I know that there are some but I don't know how many have embraced I think the challenges around access to the kinds of food that you need it's great if you're in a, in a tier one team with a really high budget and five chefs but if you're in uh, Drone Hopper and Droni Giacatoli I don't think they have five chefs and I don't know if there's many vegans in an Italian team where they might want to eat cheese and and their pasta sauces or other things might contain foods that are a little bit more restrictive so in a way I think that choosing a diet that's vegan or or choosing to be gluten-free when I say choose, it's a bit of a privilege, you know, because I remember in the women's pro peloton, there's no option. You show up to the food, you know, show up to the uh, race and there's a pre-race meal and you get given pasta. Uh, so I, I think it probably depends on the budget. And I would say good luck to be vegan in France or in Italy. To well, be and I don't know about Spain, but uh, those are not countries that are really welcoming vegans. No, uh, well, I'll tell you. 20 years ago. So you vegetarian? I was, yeah, I was yeah. vegetarian and I was, you know, behind, behind uh, in the public eye, we had to be vegetarian, but I chose to be vegetarian. And, I, and on the Giro the year I wrote it, I, we had a, it was interesting, a um, vegan society of Italy heard about our team and said, wow, this is amazing. We want to support you guys. So we actually had chefs from the vegan Whoa. society, Italian society, who came and cooked and prepared the food for us for the whole Giro. I loved it because I was legitimately being a vegetarian. The only things I had in terms of which took me out of being vegan was I had still had my cappuccino. Yeah. I said to these guys, <laughs> hey, guys, i got to have milk in my coffee in the mornings and i got to have cheese on my pasta. And But, yeah, we had... You didn't want to milk those little almonds? Look, we had <laughs> organic wine. We had organic beer, everything. It was, it was actually... You know, when you feel like your body's in tune, it was amazing. Um, yeah. But that was a one-off, and Bridie's right. You know, I can tell you, because I rode for um, Drone Hopper uh, as okay. well. <laughs> they would be eating hotel food. They're an Italian team, uh, effectively. Yeah. Um, you know, they'd be, they'd be eating the hotel food, which is, as we know, is quite all right as well. Yeah, it's all right. It's possible. <laughs> it's, it's possible. It's easily, you know. <laughs> anyway. There's another important role uh, on the team, and then we will don't tune out. We will go into the race tonight in just after this interview. But the swingers, we always you got to give them some love. You got to give them some love. Exactly, yeah. and the swingers are very important in a team. Let's talk to one of them. Yeah, okay. So with me, I have Kabir, one of the head swingers, swannies with uh, Team Bikers Now, Jaco. Uh, but a lot of people don't understand 
the role of a soigneur. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we have uh, everybody have uh, different uh, jobs to do. We are in total five soigneurs, so we split the groups in uh, three parts. Two guys uh, thinking to the food, for just for the riders and the staff. And uh, two guys, like you can see, uh, prepare the bidons each day for uh, the stages. And uh, the last one is uh, make the cleaning the car uh, and uh, prepare the cars for the race. Uh, and also massage, uh, some exactly, of you are massage exactly. as well. After the stages or like uh, today in the rest day, uh, in the afternoon we do massage uh, and that's it. In that's the, it, it says nothing, but no. uh, you guys, <laughs> your, your, your day starts very early and finishes very late. Uh, yes, in the morning uh, we prepare food and bidons uh, uh, before the stages. Then uh, me and my teammate uh, we go in the next hotel. We bring uh, all the stuff uh, of the whole team, and uh, we start to prepare something for the, the day after. And when they arrive in hotel, we give the key of the rooms and uh, we start to do massage and. Big day. Big day, yeah. <laughs> Long day. <laughs> Thanks, Kiria. Enjoy it, mate. Ciao. I don't know you, but he looks tired. They're well, big days. He, big he, days. And he didn't stipulate either, Brighty, you know, the actual time they start. I guarantee you they're probably getting up at 6 a.m. most mornings. Yeah. And they're not going to bed till probably close to midnight. Yeah, it's a really hard job. Um, that said, there's a lot of downtime as well so it's not for everyone this kind of job where you're you're frantically doing things for a few hours then you might drive you're sitting in a car for hours at 30 to 40 kilometers an hour or you're speeding ahead to try and get to the endpoint hotel and do all that work so it's it, it would be fascinating but um the, as we know, for so many of these teams, you need to be a fan of the sport in order to work. I don't know how well these these uh, swanios get paid. It's it's not the same as being a lawyer or an engineer mm -hmm. or a doctor or, you know, somewhere working in a stable job. But you get this access to these wonderful athletes uh, and in a beautiful sport. So there's trade-offs for everyone. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, let's talk about racing. Yes. Because there's a, there's a monster day tonight. Uh, I think, you know... Shall we just bring the profile? Because the profile oh, gives you... Oh, you're going early. Pulling I'm the going early. early. Just, no, let's oh, talk about like the profile. It. Look at this. Uh, Maka, take us through this. This is what is a queen stage tonight. People are on... The it is. Tonight. It's probably one of the queen stages, I guess. To From Salo to Aprica, it is 202 kilometres, I think I'm right. Yeah, 202 kilometres, 5,000 metres of climbing. Look, this year there's no Stelvio, there's no Gavia, yeah. but there is the Mortirolo. And it is a shorter climb, but it is one of the steepest climbs in that region. It's a famous mountain, and it's going to be a big day. Yeah, uh, it's 100%. going to be a really big day. Let's listen to Matt White, the uh, director sportif from uh, Bike Exchange. He's going to talk to us about everything about this race today. Uh, Maddie, what do you got in store? Well, it's a big week, all right? And for when you come in with the mindset of trying to to win the Giro, we had this. Is this is where the Giro? starts really starts now our goals are different so we're in a different position how we approach the race and today's a mega day it's a really really heavy day and the weather is forecast as a chance of thunderstorm in the afternoon which will totally change the landscape if it does rain 
beautiful blue skies at the moment, but as we know in the high mountains, and it can change very, very quickly, which will have a big effect on the race because you know we have very technical descents today. In the dry, they're 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 sure to get through safely. And if it rains today, uh, I'm sure someone will make some mistakes, and uh, yeah, the Giro can be lost today. Now, the Motherola, which is a, a famous climb, it's sort of got the word death in there, so it scares people. But normally we uh, climb it the other way. This, we've got the technical descent this time. Yeah, so this is the, the easier side up, if there is an easy, easier side up this uh, beast of a climb. But the, the descent is, uh, most, most people know, as the climb. So very, very steep corners, uh, lots and lots of hairpins. And like I said before, if it rains, it will change the, uh, change the landscape so what do you think will happen on the, in the GC race today? It's hard to tell because you know, people bounce out of rest days so different. And then if we do get a weather change from 25, 30 degrees, it's been the hottest, one of the hottest Giros in the last 20 years. If it does run at that height, it could be 12 degrees. So you know, temperature changes things. Uh, like I said before, how people bounce out of the rest day. But uh, I'm sure the GC landscape will be different by this afternoon that's for sure i have my crystal ball's not working that good this morning but uh some someone will someone will lose out today and someone will benefit because it's it's a big big day today and then saturday are the two the two days where things can go wrong or very right and it's interesting to see how uh, uh borans grow have sort of taken on uh, um ineos as the uh, as the power team in in, in the uh, lead up to this. well what they've done is that they've ridden very smart they've uh, they've let ineos do their thing and uh, they found moments where they believe that they're vulnerable and they've gone hard at them. And uh, they did a very good job uh, in Turin. Uh, and we'll see, I'm sure they've got something planned for today, but you've got to pick your moments because uh, they're a good team and they've got probably three of the most consi- three consistent riders. So they have more depth in the, in the final there against Ineos. But uh, this Giro, it's very, very tight at the moment, but uh, I, I can't remember having eight, eight guys within two minutes with uh, six days to go, but uh, I'm sure it won't be like that uh, in the next 48 hours. Thanks, Brady. No worries, mate. That was uh, Matt White, and I know, uh, Brady, you're in a 30-minute parking zone. You need to go uh, <laughs> anytime yeah. soon, I think, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but I know you've got another parking appointment. Parking inspector. Yeah, the... I saw him in the background, actually. I said, eh, yeah, he's looking at plate, yeah. <laughs> And it's always a he. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't they know it's Italy here? Doesn't yeah, they know it's exactly. Italy? Uh, thank you for your time, but maybe a last thought on what's ahead of us in the next week, uh, Brady. Well, I agree with Whitey that the GC is going to change up. I think Nibali wants to win a stage. Well, I want him to want to win a stage. Um, and I think that Lander and Bilbao need to work out which one of them should be trying to get top three because having them in fourth and sixth is not a victory, I don't think, for Byron Victorious. Uh, so that they're my two predictions, that one of them needs to make a call for the other and support the other one, and Nibali's going to win a stage. Yep. Ooh, okay. Like it. We're Thank you, uh, Brady, to, uh, for joining us, and we'll see you across Better the week as well. Arrivederci and have a great evening. Thank you. Ci vediamo. There we go. Uh, so now let's go back yeah. and, uh, and, and debrief what Matt White say here. There's yeah. a lot to debrief in it. The, uh, the, his position on the, on the GC. GC is going to change tonight. Do you think the, cheesy, the, the GC will be completely, completely moved or not? Hard to say. Hard to say. Look, I, I agree with what Brody said about Bilbao and Lander. Um, I think you've probably got to lean towards Lander. Yeah. Agree that Nibbly will want to win a stage. But just just the thing on Nibbly. So he sits eighth, right, at two minutes and 58 seconds. And we are on stage 16. Yeah. 
In 2016, after 18 stages, Vincenzo Nibali was fourth at four minutes and 43 seconds. He went on to win the race. Yeah. <laughs> the difference this year, he's closer, but he's got more guys ahead of him. Yeah. So there's more does, guys. Does that make a difference? Well, it does. The number of Because he was, he was lying fourth. He only needed three guys to falter. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Now he needs seven guys to falter. Yeah. That are ahead of him. But he is Vincenzo Nibali. He's one of the greatest Grand Tour riders of his time, and he has got better as this race has gone. And let's remember that he's retiring after this Giro. He doesn't, couldn't care less about eighth place. He doesn't want to finish eighth. He doesn't want to finish top five. He yeah. wants to annihilate this race. And, and plenty of the talk has been about the Motorola or the climb's hard. We know that. It is the easier side, but it's still tough. Yeah. The descent is is going to be frenetic and Nibali has forever been a good descender. I've descended this side, I believe, of yeah. the Motirolo. It okay. is pretty sketchy. Okay. And I descended it as a tourist and I was looking after <laughs> tourists. But you're in full race mode, you know, and rain. it is not a wide road. And rain, thunderstorm, yeah, rain, potentially. potentially. Yeah. So it has got some, it's got some real doozies to it this yeah. stage. Mm -hmm. it, it really is a big one. Uh, he mentioned as well that, uh, he thinks someone will lose the GC tonight. Do you, Ma, do you yeah. think it's, uh, people can actually lose uh, their position and, and how, how no, the think, GC no, looks I like? I think Whitey's right. I think he's right. I think it is a monster day. 5,000 metres of climbing. And just if you can bring up the profile once again, see that little bump, the second last yeah. – I won't call it the second last climb, but there's a little bump there. That is an uncategorised climb, obviously. It, well, it's a climb, obviously, but it's uncategorised. It's a sprint. It's 4.8 kilometres at 9.2%. It's huge. Not even categorised. <laughs> yeah. This is what the Giro does. That, that could, you could argue that could almost be a Cat 2 uh -huh. in another bike race or at least a Cat 3 in this race. Yeah. So it's, I think I agree. I think we'll, we'll see at least one rider falter tonight okay. that, that is in that sort of top five, top six. I'm bringing the, the, um, the top ten here. Uh, can you tell me who's going to falter? <laughs> I can't. I mean, look, even <laughs> even, much to ask. even Dominico Pozzavivo. I mean, we'll how good is this guy? Yeah. One minute and one seconds. Lander at 59. Almeida at 30. If Almeida can hold at 30, he is a big chance to win this race. Yeah. And I mean hold until the time trial. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I believe he will time trial the Better. best yeah. out of out of the the three above him. Uh, two above him, sorry. So I can't see Jai faltering. He's mm -hmm. looking he's looking rock solid. So I want to see Jai go on the attack yeah, uh, up, on that so. last climb. Yeah, but absolutely. he's got to wait. You got to you got to you got to be patient, folks. If you're sitting up tonight, you got to wait for the last climb. Exactly, and then not that patient because the broadcast starts in 20 minutes. 6.50. 6.50. The podcast actually start in 20 minutes on SBS On Demand. So uh, you probably... Just have it going on in the back while you're simmering yeah. your risotto. Just, yeah. Simmering risotto. Okay. <laughs> That's what you do, mate. Okay, okay. Let's talk about... Uh... You don't cook risotto fast. How is this guy? <laughs> the French, they just throw cream in. Yeah, exactly. Just move. You don't build a body like you're this. hanging out with You don't build a body much. like this without cream. Okay? That's it. It's got to have cream in it. Uh, let's talk about Pozzo Vivo. You mentioned Pozzo Vivo. He's fifth. Uh, on uh, on the GC, uh, let's listen to him because uh, he's he's amazing. To he is amazing. He's amazing. I think I will I will continue on the same uh, idea that I I, I raised until now. Uh, try to stay always with the, the best uh, riders on top of the climb, and uh, yeah, for sure if there's some opportunity like uh, I wanted to try in. Uh, on the blockhouse, I will find if I find something, I, I can try also for some attack, but not uh, 
for sure uh, I will try to, to attack uh, without uh, possibility to to gain or to to do something uh, better in GC. So that was Domenico Pozzo Vivo. Uh, yesterday, Maka, in the race they ride with uh, Bridie and, and Kino, we talked about when are we stopping to be surprised by Intermarché Monte Gobert? I've stopped. I think we have to stop. Yeah. It's finished. Because like, the question is, we're not surprised with Alpacin Fenisk. Although Intermarché Monte Gobert are above in the points than uh, in Alpacin Fenisk. Yeah. yeah, I mean, probably last year, probably after the Vuelta, was it last year, when Odd Christian Eiking... The Norwegian wore the red jersey at the Vuelta, the leaders' yeah. jersey for 10 days or something. Um, Rain Taramay wore it also and won a stage. After that, you said, well, we can't be surprised yeah. anymore. Biniam Gamay surprised us initially, <laughs> but not anymore. And also, they've got a bunch of riders now that are they're in the latter part of their career. Potsavivo's 39 years of age. Yeah. Christophe. Christoph. Alexander Christoph. So they've got a bunch of guys that have won monuments, that have, that, you know, ran top five, top ten in Grand Tours. No more surprises. And just on Pots of Evo, apparently in the presser, they held up a, um, they, uh, they put up a scan of mm -hmm. yeah. all the broken bodies, uh, broken bones of his body. 2019, he had a massive uh, collision, head on with a car in a training accident, fractured his right leg. Left arm, collarbone, ribs, 20 bones. 20 I think bones he said. in one go. 20 yeah. bones he had broken in one go. In one fall. Yeah. Or one hit. 2015, he crashed out of the Giro. He had to get a CAT scan on his head to make sure he was all good. He went head, he went head first, uh, landed head first, sorry, on descent. He's finished twice fifth of the Giro, sixth, eighth, and ninth. Yeah. So this he's guy, not, he's ran top five, top tens in Liège a few times. He, he's not here by mistake. No, no. Absolutely not here by mistake, Pozzo Vivo. And he, he, to me, he's a bit of a dark horse. Yeah, I agree. You know, hands down, I want Joe Henley to win. Of course <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm, I'll, there's my bias, right? Yeah. But You're allowed to. You're allowed yeah, to. You're allowed. But, but you know, I would, I would love to see Pozzo Vivo as well, an Italian win. <laughs> everything he's been through. And... Uh, that would be off the hook. Oh, it'd be it'd be amazing. You'd be coming um, left field completely on yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. So, I think there's I think we've got some exciting stages oh, yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah, and again, it, the broadcast tonight starts in uh, 15 minutes now uh, on SBS yeah. on demand. So I better uh, get myself in there. Well, you're you're on. No, we got later. time. <laughs> you'll, you'll get the on demand. Uh, sorry, the the world feed first, and then Kino and I at about 9:45. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about the Hong Kong hero, Michael Hepburn. Yeah. He's been one of the true soldiers for bike exchange. Yes, and we haven't heard from him at no. all. No, no, we've got to give got to give these guys a bit of love. Yep, and uh, our work expense kid found him. A lot of mountains coming up. Um, you know, obviously, I know I'm not going to be at the front of the race in the mountains, so I'll be trying to support the climbers. You know, during the parts of the stages that I can, um, and then also on the flatter days and getting ready for the end of the week. That was uh, Man, a few words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the uh, but. He's right. Yeah. His position in the team is to help now the climbers and probably Simon Yates. Yeah. Uh, but it's such a crucial role. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. And what you don't see, even even though we've been broadcasting a lot of the stages from the start, and you may not see him. We've seen him at the front a few times. Yep. He might be just at the back, sitting with Yates, sitting with a couple of the other guys, the climbers, just making sure they're okay. Going back, getting bid-ons. You know, the cameras aren't always going back. Very rarely focusing on yep. Michael Hepburn, of course. It's a world feed, but these guys earn their keep. So tip our hat to you, yep. Happy, and of course the other the other domestics that, that play such a vital role. Yeah. 
Something happened overnight as well. This happened overnight. Massive. Ellen Van Dyke world hour record. 49.25 kilometers per hour. Yeah. I think she beat the old record by 800 meters. So she added 800 meters. She did it in Switzerland. Uh, I'm not sure where I know when I, we know where I'm not sure I know of this velodrome though. Mm -hmm. uh, it sits at 800 meters altitude, which obviously isn't much. It's not that high, but wow, she was to me. She was always going to do it. Van Dyke, you know, there, she's there, a super strong. There athlete. was a debate: uh, Will she break the 50? Yeah, she, uh, well, she got pretty close. Yeah, but Bridie said physically, aerodynamically, it's hard for me to say that. Uh, it's probably hard. Uh, but she would come close. She's come Well, Bridie's been there and done it, yeah. as we know. Bridie did it in 2016 yeah. um, in Adelaide, in fact, in Australia. So she knows all about it. Um, but massive effort, massive, massive yeah, reward. Yeah. And it was a big build-up to it yeah. too, which was great. It's um, – no, it's – look, the 50 will be broken one day yeah. in the women, definitely. Yeah. It, it'll be – it'll happen. But I think Van Dykes is going to stick for a while. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, just to conclude, do a bit of a self promotion. Oh, uh, no, do it. Do uh, it. Yeah, it's a good no, well done. It's well good, done. Good. On this. Uh, me and my colleague uh, Dario Castaldo, we every month we release a podcast called Who's Your Don Brandman? And this month is on somebody extraordinary. You like this story. Gino Bartali is just oh. legendary. Yeah. Uh, just in time for the Giro, if you don't know uh, Jenny, uh, Gino Bartali, uh, he's won multiple races, several Giros, several uh, Tour de France. Multiple racing, and that's not even the best thing he's done in his yeah, life. Yeah, the hero of him is not that. Exactly. Really. That, that, imagine being a rider, uh, uh, someone that wins, I think it's three Giros, or several Giros, yeah. two Tour de France for sure, 10 years apart, and that's not the best thing you've done in your life. And can I give a little hint? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's through the war era. And he saved 800 lives. Yeah. You can find it Wait, more. you just gave it away. Exactly. <laughs> no, I was trying to build it up, mate. <laughs> Great, yeah. <laughs> but it's a good little podcast. Listen to it. It is fantastic. You can find it. Uh, there's a, there's a, a link on the uh, SBS sport, uh, Sports page. Anyway, this is why I'm not good at doing my self-promotion. No, no, this, no. This it's is, it's this very good. good. Well done. Well done on that. Thank you for joining us, uh, Maka. Uh, I think we're on for a very quick feed because then uh, we have a great stage to watch tonight. It's going to be a monster. It's going to be a monster. Join us. I hope you do. Remember, we got this Aussie guy. I yeah. think he can get the job done this yeah. year. This will be massive. Yeah. Thank you, Maka. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift uh, SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sports. Or you can log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, same place, same time tomorrow, and we'll debrief all about the Queen stage. It's bye for now. Now that we're done talking cycling, for today at least, let's do a little riding ourselves because the fun never stops on Zwift. Training solo at home, I admit, it gets old real quick. But with Zwift group rides, events and races, you'll have plenty of people to ride with and chat with to keep you motivated. Plus, it's got great built-in training programs tailored for every ability. There are even workouts that can be squeezed into 20 minutes if you're really stuck for time. On Zwift, traffic lights, stop signs, busy roads, bad weather, they all disappear. And each interval has the watts and rest periods dialed in for the perfect training conditions. To start riding and discovering how Zwift makes indoor training fun, head to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial. Thanks for watching or listening whilst you're riding on Zwift.